Hello, beautiful queens, and join me as we open up conversations that help women walk through difficult transitions and inner healing while unleashing the potential that God has placed within all of us to become untamed and unchained. In each episode, you'll get the tools and resources to create the change in your life that you desire as you unleash your vision, your gifts, and your voice and your confidence to live the life of your dreams. I give my listeners and clients love and support. However, I do take the direct approach and we cut out that BS in your life. So instead of playing small, you can create big leaps into your life. Now let's dive into this episode. Hello, queens, and welcome to Unchained and Untamed. Today we're going to have a little bit of an unfiltered conversation. It is literally going to be me and my best friend, Cindy Miller. And um, I, we're just going, normally we kind of have questions, but today we're just going to run with it because we get into this juicy conversation and we uncover lots of treasures. And we started talking and I was like, girl, we got to stop this. We got to hit the record button now because Cindy, you started sharing some stuff about your grief journey. And there's so many things that I want to ask you and just there's so much wisdom that you have to share with so many women and i know that we can't get it all packed in one session today but we're going to present some where i'm going to share you i guess i suppose i can do this <laughs> you know i love you and you have helped me yeah. so tremendously in my life you literally have like been through the darkest valleys of me like darkest valleys and here in every moment and just helped pluck me out when I literally almost couldn't pluck myself out. And so I will share you with the world so other women can experience your wisdom. But um, I would love to hear a little bit about your story because um, you lost Stan, your oldest one. It is now how long? Uh, it's a year and some change. Year and four months. Okay. Year and four months and a half, something like that. And it's, it's, been, it's been quite the journey. I watched him battle his mental illness and I don't know, it's the sadness of as a mom, seeing your child in so much pain, you just don't, you want to help him. But you can't. It was his journey. He. And then losing him, it was it was just really hard. And I'm still processing. I'm definitely. Processing. Yeah, well, you have you're also the, being vulnerable, like you're you're just. I, this is what I admire about you is you're so willing to show up so raw and real, even when you don't feel like you have the answers, but simply sharing your journey. Cause we know there's someone out there that's going to be listening to this that has lost somebody. Like I personally just lost my mom. That was a very different journey, but who has lost somebody who needs a woman who is going to talk raw and real about how, what it's like to lose somebody. And also like how I just watched you walk with God in the strength that the strength and the endurance and the faith and watching your relationship with God grow in this process where it would have taken a lot of people actually further from God because 
walking through something, what you did, that's traumatizing. That's, that's a mama's heart to have, you know, that's your son. And so, yeah. um, can you share a little bit of like, how, how did it bring you like, cause of my personality and we know kind of how I was with Amy. Like I was like the rebel where I was like mad at God. So I did all the things that I shouldn't have done. And with you, like it brought you closer. So how, in like, what ways did it bring you closer and what helped you surrender that brought you closer to God in such a traumatic time? The first day that it happened, I knew my journey with God was going to be deepened. I know not everybody responds that way, but for me, responding that way was my heart crying to God because I knew he's the only thing that brought me a sense of peace in the time that there was just no peace. I wanted to run backwards to the day before, like that Friday when I had met with him and I had that last conversation. I wanted to go back there just to have that one last talk with him. But now my connection with him was through God because he was with God. With He was in heaven. And when I heard that Sunday night, I didn't know that he was, or the it was Saturday night. I didn't know he had jumped off the tower. And I woke up to a really loud voice telling me, um, tell everybody to take care of themselves. And even then I didn't know until... Tuesday, that following Tuesday, uh, there was just something inside of me that I knew something was very wrong. And the days following, proceeding up to the funeral, that God was the only thing that I could lean on. I didn't sleep much. I... I was basically in the trenches of grief and no, the questions that I had, they were so deep and there was just no answers, but I had to come to a point where I trusted God. Even now I don't have answers and I have to trust God that he, he knows and he knew why he took Stan, why Stan was taken from us. And walking that path, I could tell that God was also reaching out to me. He, he never left me in that deepest, darkest hole I was in. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just crazy. It's crazy love that he has for us. Mm. How he takes care of our heart in those moments when it's so, when you're just torn to pieces. Yeah. He, oh. 
got like this whole image of the father's love and just like God carrying you in the palm of your hand because you were completely broken and completely shattered. And sometimes oddly enough, it's almost easier for us to surrender when it is so dark. Cause at that point it's like, we feel like we have nothing to lose. It's, it's weird, but it, it can be that way. And it's in that, what we feel you weren't broken it you felt broken in it all and it's like god's love comes in and does the supernatural like you it's like god shows off in those times of like you just know like i know that i didn't walk through this you know and even like myself with amy's journey is as like arrogant as i was and as rebellious as i was God still had me in the palm of his hand, or we all know I would have gone much further than, <laughs> than I even strayed at that time. So it's, it's just, it's comforting to know that no matter what we walk through in life, no matter what kind of struggle, or no matter what we face, God will always meet us there. He will not abandon us. And I think sometimes in our human mind, where we feel alone, we feel abandoned, because <clears throat> it's like, well, especially if with the loss of like your son, because that was a piece of you, that was a part of you. And without you even knowing, I mean, in your head knowing, but in your heart, you felt it. God just came in in that where you felt that abandonment and literally comforted you in a supernatural way that, you know, it was only through him that you could be comforted at that time, because had it been on your own strength, you couldn't have, like you probably couldn't have gone Absolutely on. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. And there were other people that came alongside and they helped. Mm -hmm. But there comes a time, as you know, when everybody goes home and everybody goes back to their normal life and you're left alone holding this empty bag of what do I do now? Yeah. Like, holy cow, I'm here. I have to now walk this path. And yes. there are people that they'll come alongside you and they'll ask, but death is a subject that most people shy away from. So they don't want to really hear it. <laughs> and that's why I love that we're talking about this because I have even triggered people. And I know that you have, because we can be very raw, real and honest about it. And, you know, people ask me like with my mom, how are you doing? And sometimes I'm like, I'm not okay. Like I'll be okay but I am not okay right now. And you would think I would have like dumped a cold glass of water on them or if there's not much <laughs> of a response. And I'm like, am I supposed to comfort you currently? Because like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the rules have switched right now. Cause they don't know, like they, people don't know what to do with the hard subjects. And that's why I love talking about the difficult things in life because it gives other women men or women honestly it gives everybody a place and a space and a freedom to begin to start talking about the big pink elephants in the room that are suffocating people but they don't know how to talk about it and you know in my journey I've been real where I'm like I there are days where I cry there are and it's it's almost as if it makes them feel out of control because they don't know what to do with the raw, the real emotions. You taught me that with losing Stan, when I asked you, because remember for a little bit there, I was like doing the whole like hide and seek thing. I was hiding from you because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with you. Like, what do I do? 
And then like God came in and like whooped my butt and was like, listen, you need to confront this. Like you guys have been best friends for so long and just tell her. And then you told me, you're like, just be here for me. Just listen to me. Like just yeah. give me that space. And it taught me to like, and I thank you for that because it gave me a really, really, really big gift as it taught me to walk alongside when there are these hard, difficult things, I can't fix it for you, but I can, I can give you the space to dump, dump the whole bushel of monkeys and all, let it all out and let you know that no thought or emotion or what you feel or where you're at or what's going on is there's nothing, there's no judgment around it. Like you're human. You're going to have, have those yeah. things. And it's, yes. as you now know, you don't really want necessarily people to fix it. You just want them to, to, they can't even grasp it or understand it, but just to be there to listen when you are having those moments when like, I miss him or I will say something and this is a good example. I was talking to a lady friend of mine um, and she, she was like, but yeah, you miss him, but think of it this way. He's in heaven. And I was like, yes, I am super grateful for that, but it doesn't take away the fact that I still miss him here. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me like she, I, she it wasn't computing. <laughs> put it that way she was just like well you should be grateful and I'm like I am grateful but I'm still his mom yeah and it's like I have all the pictures I have all the memories but he's not here I can't hug him yes you can't so hug him you can't hear his voice like yeah. you can hear you can hear his voice spiritually because God will gift you with those things but literally like sit in front of him and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation yeah. So it's, it's been really interesting to watch other people's facial expressions or even feel their vibes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm laughing. I can laugh about it because it's, it's kind of humorous because I'm on this side of it now. And I'm like, it's not anything to be scared about or to be uncomfortable with, but it's just something, I don't know, it's just part of life. But it's, it's, a, suck, it's a sucky part of life, really. It is. It, it does suck. And I've even said that to several people when they're like, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. And I'm like, it's a part of life. It sucks. Like, I don't like it, but it does. And and I, I get what you're saying about having to laugh because that's like last night I had a conversation with my sister-in-law and we were talking about, you know, it all depends on your mood, like too. She's like, because they had lost their second one when he was a baby. And she said, sometimes somebody would say to her, um, well, now you have a family in heaven. And she'd be like, oh my gosh, I know you're right. And then the next time the person would say something, like a different person or whatever, and she'd be like, well, yeah, I know I have a family in heaven. Doesn't take it away. Same thing that you you said. <laughs> and you know, it's learning not not you. And I, it's funny because it's just like you said, you chuckle because something about when you lose somebody, you 
or I know that's how it's worked for me. And I, it sounds like that's what it's worked for you is like your offense level just kind of flushes down the toilet. Like things that used to offend me or I'm just like, I really don't give a fine flip. Like it's not a big deal. And it's like all these fears that I used to have about things. I'm just like, it's like God flipped me into courage and is now like, you know, and, and I'll do things or say things that prior I second guessed myself so much for with her fear or like around all of that. But in all of where you were saying of, you know, often their expressions, I was going to ask you that, like, I know your, I noticed when you have lost him and as you were walking through the grief process that something shifted in you as well too. One was your priorities, but two, like things that I used to see you struggle with in fear as well, you were no longer struggling with. And like, there was, did you feel, what did you feel came like birthed out of you in this journey with grief, that grief that you now, like I could name some things, but I want to hear that I saw coming out of you, but what do you feel like some of the gifts and the treasures that did get birthed out of grief? Probably the main thing that came out of the grief grieving was my fear level dropped. It was like, it's like, you know, those carnival rides where you're sticking to the wall and the bottom drops out and you're like, oh yeah, I can see the floor down there or the ground and you're just spinning around in life. <laughs> and you're like, who cares about the floor? Because this is life now. And the fear thing and probably not giving a hoot <laughs> what other people say or think, that that was huge for me because it didn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. I mean, people matter. And I do care what people, you know, their lives and stuff. But what they say or think about me is it's a non-issue. I mean, I, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> They can say or do whatever. It just doesn't phase me. And I feel like that was a gift from God. Yeah. And something that Stanley taught me that last Friday night, I took a lot away from that in hindsight, how he told me, you know, mom, don't be so worried about those small things in life because in the end they don't matter. And looking back, I think he really knew it was his end. And it <laughs> that to me was so packed with wisdom on his part. And those words have kept coming. They play over my head a lot, especially when I start going down the little bunny trails of, oh my gosh. And then... I hear Stan saying, but mom, don't worry about those little things because they are, they don't, they don't matter. Oh, he knew it was like Just, one of, yeah, he knew, I, I felt like he knew it was the end and he, I don't know, it's just, I, I treasure those. Yeah, words. I was gonna say it's like he spoke to one of the biggest things that he knew you were gonna struggle with. That 
when yeah. that remembrance came in. And, you know, and I know, like, I say this because I know I knew Stan's heart and I knew, like, he loved you with everything that he possibly could. And he always, I'm going to try to say this and not cry. Um, he, he had, I don't think this is going to come out. I thought, <laughs> he had one wish for you and that was to see his mom happy. And he, yes. when he saw you struggle, it hurt that kid's heart. Like he didn't want you to struggle. And he knew it was like God spoke through to him because if you stop and think about it, every time you start getting caught up in the small things, that's when your happiness leaves you. That's when your joy leaves you, your peace leaves you, the lovely. Like it doesn't leave you, but it can, like you start getting consumed. And it's like, he gave you this gift. And because every time when you hear your son's voice saying that to you, it brings you back to the present, which brings you back to having that peace and that comfort and that joy. And it's the very thing that he wanted for you. Like, like it was just like, if I could sit wrap Stan up in like one sentence, as far as something that he wanted for his mom, it was, it was that cause him and I did have many different conversations and yeah, that was he, something he really wanted for you. Yeah, he really did. He really did want the best for me. And I think God in his infinite wisdom gave me that Friday night with him. And I, I'm grateful that I drank that one beer with him and he begged me to go back and get another beer and just sit there. And I will never forget the look on his face when I got up from that table and I told him, cause it was getting late and I had already spent two hours with him and I said, I'll see you at home. And I looked back and he had his head on the table that probably tears me up the most because I think he knew that was our last conversation. Wow. And I, I didn't even hug him. Oh. And that's, that really does tear me up. Because I thought I would get another hug. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like giving those people that we love hugs because we never know when that will be our last our last hug and I always say this as coming from a place of like love instead of fear because I know like some people can be motivated by fear which is like an, a total it like you should nobody should be living like oh my gosh this is the last day on my earth like what if I'm gonna die like that you know um but when you have those gifts that you're given of like the importance of those things. And we know you've had many spiritual hugs with Stan and Stan would be like, mom, don't get caught up in the small things. I know. <laughs> that really has been the best gift he could ever give me because I have literally, <laughs> yeah, it just plays in my mind. Yes. When, would, and it's, 
he would definitely say that to you about the hug. He would be like, mom, that was a, you know, that was a small thing. Don't get caught up in that. But so what would you say to the woman that is like really in a dark, like she, she lost, not necessarily, I, I gotta like quit saying woman, because I know there's going to be men listening to this too. So what would you say to the person who has lost either a child or a loved one and they're in a really really dark place like you know they're in the dark valley they might feel anger they they feel hurt they feel depressed they have no energy they feel like they're hitting a brick wall they have fog it's a struggle for them to even get up in the morning if you could have a conversation with them and you would say something to them what would that be the first the first thing I would say is take care of yourself. Probably the words that I heard that uh, Saturday, well, it was early Sunday morning, um, tell everybody to take care of themselves. That was another gift that Stanley gave me. And I would tell that person, be sure you're taking care of yourself and know that this isn't going to last forever, the fog. You will always miss the person, but taking care of yourself is actually a love gesture toward yourself. And it does, I mean, the Bible does clearly tell us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So it's, it is definitely the heart of God for us to be taking care of ourselves and and also just knowing that in my case with Stan and suicide he didn't mean to hurt us when he did what he did it was it was he was in so much personal pain and with the sickness he had the, the schizophrenia um it's I've heard so many stories and it's just something that if somebody is walking through that I would say be sure to be taking care of yourself even <sighs> losing a parent or anybody in general make sure you're taking care of yourself that's so important. because you matter too yeah yes ah oh, that like is an imprint like stuck um it was like one of those sticky notes on the brain moment because it's so and it also where mm -hmm. i'm at my journey you know it's so resonating of like but i just love how you brought that out how that's the heart of god and you matter too because i think when we're going through the loss, sometimes, like, when you said that, it just made me realize that, like, last week when I was struggling with losing my mom, there was a part of me that felt like I didn't matter. Like, oddly enough, I wasn't even consciously aware of it until you say that. I was like, because um, I hit a brick wall last week that it was just like, I had that fog, like, it was like nothing was functioning in my mind, like, and but I didn't realize that one of the root things was that I felt like I didn't matter. And it was because of, you know, of losing my mom. Cause you go through the thousands of emotions that you do. And part of me was like, well, it's not fair. Like it happened so fast. And like, 
And then on the flip side, it didn't happen so fast. You know, there's like everybody's story is different, but it's allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to walk our journey the way that we did, that we do. And it's when we go into that, when we have that, like when we're sub, that's so powerful. I want to dig on this one a little bit because I feel like a lot of people fall into this is um, it, they neglect themselves in this time because it's it feels like such a betrayal. It feels like such a hurt. It's an unknowing. It's a whole new way of life. Like we don't know. It's like learning how to walk all over again because it's like everything that we thought was in life suddenly isn't in life like you question everything and it's just like part of you you're grieving a part of yourself you know especially if you lost a child and like me losing my mom you're grieving a part of yourself and there's like all these things that just come forward and we can neglect ourselves in that part of it which is makes us like chop liver when we do that it makes the grieving process so much harder because you can't it's like you need to double up on taking care of yourself and if somebody, if somebody can really get centered in god's heart is for me to take care of myself and um that i do matter in this process and something that like my adhd is kicking in so i just got to touch on the subject for just a hot second but you said something um i I can't remember what it said, but but I what you said, but I remember I wanted I was like, I gotta ask you this question. So something that I've watched you do and um I like admire you for it, you've helped me with it too, is I've watched you really step in unapologetically and radiate and shine and be the woman that God has called you to be. What like I, I know this is gonna be a whole nother episode, but we're just gonna throw this in here for like today. What so many women struggle with this in like what what really brought you to the point where you allowed that to happen in your life because it is literally allowing God to do that through us that is a whole big box of unpacking um I feel like some of that came some of that came from walking through Dwayne's sickness at the hospital which today marks the one year anniversary of that I'm when serious? he went to the hospital and then literally a week later having Albert tell me he wants a divorce and between Stan Dwayne and Albert the three it brought me to a point in my life where I knew all the all the things that I had been harping on and worrying about just didn't matter. I feel like God took this, it was like this, you know, those old burlap sacks that are that you can pack with all kinds of stuff and you're you're carrying it on your back. It's like God took a big scissor and just cut the strings and was like, I'm taking this from you. yeah I I mean it it was like chafing (laughs) when I had it on looking back I was like full of blisters and I was like beating a dead horse or something (laughs) and God's like okay the dead horse has got to go and we're taking 
it was probably stuffed in the burlap bag. <laughs> but anyway, that's the analogy that I can give. And he, that's when I began to bloom and see myself for who I really was. Oh, wow. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I can explain. <laughs> I always love your analogies. I can tell you're a creative writer. <laughs> you come up with like the best like out there scenarios. And somehow my my mind always manages to grasp and just run with the vision that you But going back to Stan's death and the months afterward, I had a friend of mine tell me, well, she lost a son and she said, don't look for the new normal. Let the new normal find you. And that has stuck in my brain because I am finding out that the new normal is now finding me. And it's in little bits and pieces. I go, it's like the two step dance, one step forward, two steps back thing for now. But I'm finding the new normal. I mean, I'm not finding it. It's finding me. Yes. And it's quite it's quite amazing to see that happen and see God's grace shining in these areas. I love that. That's so powerful. And it's so true. It's letting it find us because we don't need to pursue those things. God does want to. Yeah. Like, that's, that's so and beautiful. And if we start looking for it, we're going to be in our humanness going to look for a certain thing. And if it's coming to find us, it's going to happen like organically and it will it will be a more whole whole wholesome, more wholesome than when we try to force it or go look for it. I that's in my opinion, I feel like that's yeah yeah i think Uh, that's how it's meant to be it is because if you look at nature if you think about nature like nature doesn't like when you plant the flowers and all that stuff like it doesn't jump out of the garden go looking for other gardens like it it like you you're nurturing you're taking care of yourself you're you know, loving thyself and really being soaked in the presence of God and who God has. And that's all your story. It's surrender. You and I have talked so much about surrender. Yes. And that is absolutely probably my journey of surrender started with finding out that Stan had mental illness. And then I didn't know what to do with this. The word was foreign to me. And as things unfolded, even with my marriage and my other son, um, the surrendering part started to become a part of my language and a part of my whole being because I began to see that God wants us to just surrender it to him because he can do it better than I can. And it goes back to beating the dead horse because I was really... (laughs) beating the dead horse you know the whole x for the eyes and the tongue you know yeah that's 
that horse was like dead. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny how it's like, we're like, you know, we know like, God, you're a will above my will. And then God's like, okay, so you want my will above your will. And then things start happening and you're like, no, no, like not that way though. I meant like this way. Like, I know, like, how about we implement how about we do my way and implement pieces of your way into this? Because for some odd reason, I mean, I know that you're God and I know you can do like all things and everything, but like, I just have this vision and I'm pretty sure it could go better than what you, and I was like, yeah, okay. And we're like over here, like you said, beating the dead horse because we're frustrated because we keep going around in circle <laughs> circles. And yeah. then it's like, oh, oh god really does know best like oh there was more to all of this than what i was actually seeing of what was happening right in front of me is we can get caught up in you know what is right in front of us but just you did i really watched like i watched you literally i let me, i'm gonna like shift the visual a little bit like i watched you be like in the gunny sack like you were in it and it was you were like boxing all over the place of like why is this happening and you're like frustrated you're like trying to I'm like you were never controlling it was more like frustration of like why is this happening and then God's like okay well let's just like dump you out of the bag and you're gonna learn how to fly and you just were like free flying in the sky and in the beginning it was just like oh my gosh like you started free and you learn that you love to fly it's a really freeing experience it really is and it's i love the fact that god loves us enough to take us out of the gunny sack <laughs> and set us on a branch and tell us hey look you really can fly and you don't have to worry about all these things. Something I heard yesterday going to the subject of worry is somebody gave a definition of what is worry. And it's, you know, when a dog takes, he's out hunting and he gets a rabbit or something and it's dead and he shakes it. That in terms is worry for a dog. It's okay. him making sure it's dead. And this person was saying, if you worry, you're basically taking a dead thing and shaking it. And yes, it's dead, but you're still, you're expending energy on something that you're not supposed to expend energy on. And <sighs> that is why Jesus tells us not to worry because he knows we can spend our entire life worrying about stuff. And it doesn't matter anyway, just like me worrying about Stan, it didn't do any good. Yeah. And, or worry in the hospital when Dwayne was in there, didn't do any good. It just brought me grief. And that's where the surrender has come in for me is when things come up now, I'm very quickly to surrender it. Because I know God has got me. You are. Like, I have literally, it's just like, 
I admire you so much for it. And it inspires me to like, I get convicted through you. Well, you know, even like on our phone conversations where I will be having like a major meltdown. And by the time we're done having a conversation, I'm like, oh, it's really not a big deal anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's getting to that point. I feel like my brain has now gotten it. I've I've rewired my brain to be very quickly surrendering the things that I don't have control over. And it brings me so much more peace in my life. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, I've watched that unfold in your journey. And as as we're talking, I'm like, okay, Cindy, we're gonna need to do an episode on like how your marriage got restored. We're going to need to do an episode of Dwayne's hospital journey. And we're going to need to do an episode of surrendering. Cause like we just touched the surface because this surrendering is like a huge struggle for a lot of women. And, um, and the other thing, like the femininity of all, like, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, well, well we're going to package this one and then we'll do another one later. But um, I want to say thank you for sharing your journey on grief. And I know, like you said, that you're walking through even things currently and all of that. And I feel like we're going to be doing a second episode on grief because it isn't something that's talked about a lot. And we can be those voices to help other people. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I want, I, I want your voice to reach people because it's something that we know that people struggle with and the more that we can help people, you know, people walk through that. And so as we talked about prior before getting on this is um, your blog. So if people want to find you where, and I'm going to share the link in the notes, but where can they find you? My blog link is lifesauthor.com. And that's where my main, all my main writings are on. I have, I touch on grief and a lot of, different parenthood things and even self-love that's on my blog so it's there's a lot of there's a lot of wealth of some of I share some of my wisdom on there and there are little snippets (laughs) but yeah so lifesauthor.com okay so I will attach that in the show notes and then they can find you they can, yeah, they can find your link there. And like I said, we'll be doing another episode with this anyway, like doing an episode two of grief and just have so many juicy conversations that we're, yeah, we're, you're going to be on this podcast again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unchained and Untamed. I'm confident that you received exactly what you require to unleash your potential and unapologetically own your feminine heart and soul and be the woman that God has created you to be. It's time to take the next step on your transformational journey. Apply what you've learned and know that I am here to support you every step of the way. I'd love to hear what your biggest shifts and ahas were that you received from this podcast. So make sure to shoot me a message and follow me on Instagram at Schrock underscore Leona. See you there.